Well, let's begin with a question that I sometimes like to ask my children. I ask them, who are some of the most joy-filled people you know? Someone who always seems to be exuding joy. And typically, their first response is Miss Happy. (laughs) I mean, with a name like that, of course, she's going to get mentioned. But Miss Happy was given this name for a reason, and that's because it describes her so well. She's always joyful. If you don't know or have never met Miss Happy, then you're going to need to make an appointment. She is the real deal, a 94-year-old bundle of life and joy. Her real name is Cornelia Tiller, and she's the mother of our very own Tilly Tiller, And Miss Happy used to attend All Saints, but ever since she stopped driving, her other daughter picks her up every Sunday and takes her to her church, which is great for them, but oh, how we miss her. But then I asked my kids, why do you think Miss Happy is always so joyful? And it doesn't take them long to flesh it out. It's because Miss Happy gives her life away. She puts others before herself, in all sorts of ways, most notably in her still regular visits to the women's prison. But who else, I continue to ask, who else is full of joy? Natalie will mention a friend of hers, Lawson, a family member, Weston, a a teacher at school, and I am proud to say they usually mention a few of you here at All Saints. In fact, each of our deacons have come up at some point. Deacons Barbara, Nan, Kevin, and Terry. Isn't that great that all of our deacons are joy-filled people? So kids, I ask, why do you think this is? Is it because these folks are rich? Is it because they always get their way? Is it because they're so popular? Of course not. My children see it, and so do you, in the lives of those who are full of joy. These people are joyful because they give their They give themselves away. They are so focused on blessing others that it returns to them tenfold. This is one of the beautiful realities of the Christian life. That as you give your life away, you experience an abundant one. A joy-filled life. For those who want to save their life, those who live for themselves, they will lose it. But for those who lose their life for my sake, Jesus says, those who give their life away, they will find it. With these words, Jesus shows us the pathway to joy. Did you realize that from the very beginning, God has been on a joy crusade, inviting others to know and experience this kind of joy-filled life? Indeed, this crusade is simply God's invitation to share in the joy-filled life he has known and has been experiencing within himself throughout all eternity. This is why the doctrine of the Trinity is so critical for our faith, because God exists within himself as a fellowship of joy. The Father pouring himself into the Son and the Spirit The Son doing the same and the Spirit responding likewise. Each person of the Trinity pouring himself into the other two so that the result is a wellspring of never-ending love and joy. This is exactly where Jesus goes in our gospel reading for today. When a lawyer asks him, which commandment 
Jesus is the greatest. And Jesus doesn't miss a beat. For he's been forever participating in this fellowship of joy. And so he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That's the key. Or as we say here at All Saints, sharing in the life of God for the life of the world. There's another statement Jesus makes along these lines, a statement not found in any of the four gospel accounts, but only in the book of Acts. It's the last thing the Apostle Paul tells to the elders from Ephesus who have gathered to hear his parting words before heading off to Jerusalem. The last thing Paul tells them is that they must always remember what their Lord Jesus Christ said, that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. My friends, we must hear in all of these statements God's invitation to us to rejoice. Jubilate. For this is truly the pathway to joy, the pathway to abundant life, giving yourself away for others. And speaking of the Apostle Paul, recall that he is serving as our tour guide on this exploration of ours during this year's stewardship series entitled Jubilate particularly his letter to the Philippians, a letter that overflows with joy even as Paul is in prison. Which is a good reminder to us, isn't it, that living a life of joy is not ignoring the reality of pain and suffering. It's not refusing to mourn with those who mourn, no. But rather it is being able to move through the ups and downs of life with a deep sense of peace and contentment. So that even as we suffer in the prison of a world that goes not well, we are still resting in the life of God and living still a life of joy. Last week, we were challenged by Paul's self-description of life itself. You remember this. Paul had gotten to a place where he could declare, to me, living is Christ. This is what sustained Paul's joy. This is what allowed him to be content in all circumstances, as he says. And so we said last week that it would be utter foolishness for any of us to start assessing our own stewardship, to start taking stock of our own time, talent, and treasure before we took stock of our life with Christ. Because if our lives are about anything other than Christ, then any exercise we do in stewardship is going to be fraught with anxiety, it's going to be fraught with fear. So first things first. For us, living must be Christ himself. He must be our everything. We must strive to learn a way of living that rests content in him. This is the first way that we can accept God's invitation to rejoice. And then today, secondly, if living is Christ, then we must seek to model our lives after him. We must learn to live as he did. And Jesus, above all, lived his life in service to others. He gave his life away for the good of others. This is the challenge we heard Paul put to the Philippians a moment ago in today's New Testament reading, where in chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he says this. I mean, don't let these words just fly by. These are powerful words. He says, do nothing, (laughs) do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. 
Let each of you look not to your own interests, which is what we do 24 hours a day. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. That's the challenge. And then, as an example of this, Paul offers the Philippians the person of Jesus, right? Look to Jesus, he says, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, right? He condescended. He he took the form of a slave being born in human likeness. He humbled himself for the sake of the world. Look to Jesus, he says. Live like he lives. These words remind me of an exchange Jesus has one day with his, dis- with his disciples. <laughs> Remember when he inserts himself into an argument that they are having about who's going to get to sit at Jesus' right hand? And Jesus quickly puts a stop to it all. You're acting like the rulers of this world, he says, like those who lord it over others. But that's not how it's going to be with us. For whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. You must serve others. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. And then he points to himself. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life away as a ransom for many. It's a truth that is scattered all over the New Testament, that the pathway to joy is giving yourself away to others. Jesus models it, and then he invites his disciples to follow it. And Paul himself is one of those disciples who does exactly this. In fact, listen to what he says a few verses after our passage today in Philippians. In verse 17, chapter 2, Paul writes, Even if I am being poured out as a drink offering, I am glad and rejoice with you all, he says. Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Paul is pouring out his life for others, and just in case his readers think that he resents it, he reassures them saying, I am glad and I rejoice with you all that I get to pour out my life. Isn't that amazing? And then in the very next verse, he invites them to do the same. In the same way, he says, you also must be glad and rejoice with me. Eubelate, this way to abundant life, this way to a joy-filled life. It's the way of Jesus. And so I ask you again, who are some of the most joy-filled people you know? My hunch is that they are those who have accepted this invitation to give themselves away for the good of others. And so with that, now we can turn our attention to the issue of stewardship And take stock of everything that God has entrusted to us. Now we are in a place to ask ourselves, in what ways am I pouring out my life as a drink offering for others? In what ways am I giving myself away for the good of others? How am I giving my time away, my capabilities, my money? Yes, this is a question of stewardship, but but don't miss out. It's also a question of joy, right? They're connected In our day and age, it's so difficult to get past that one pronoun found in this question, the pronoun my, (laughs) because it's true. This is my time. These are my resources, my capabilities. This is my money. So we naturally assume since these are all mine, they are therefore 
for me. <laughs> they are for my enjoyment. These things are for my joy. And that's where things quickly run off the rails. Now, there is certainly nothing wrong with enjoying the gifts that God has given you, but our primary posture with these gifts should always be outward-facing. Because we know that the pathway to joy is giving yourself away for the good of others. So that the minute you turn inward, the minute my gifts become for me, well, right then and there, joy gets sucked out of your life. Right? Take money, for example. Studies measuring life satisfaction have confirmed the old adage, Money can't buy happiness. We all know that, even as we mumble under our breath, yeah, but it helps. And it does help, but only up to a point. Only to the point where basic needs are met and a sense of security is attained. But beyond that, there is no noticeable increase in life satisfaction. In fact, the opposite appears to be the case. That the more you acquire, eventually life satisfaction begins to, to start falling again. <laughs> because the more you have, the more anxiety your stuff creates. And now you need even more stuff to, to calm these anxieties. It's this, it's this vicious cycle, leaving you with an uneasy feeling inside. A feeling of unrest, a feeling of discontentment. I recently learned that there are now quite a lot of studies being done on what is called diseases of affluence you heard of this? Where there is this disproportionately high level of depression and suicide among the affluent. It appears that something dark takes root in our hearts the more stuff we have. When we, have, when we take that inward posture, this is not a pathway for joy. Makes me think of that warning that Paul gives his young protege Timothy when he tells them, when he tells him, Timothy, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Boy, aren't we seeing this play out today with so many people, Christians even. And yet as Christians, we should know better. For Jesus shows us another way. That if we take an outward posture, it is joy that will instead be rooted in our hearts instead of something dark. It's a posture found in the life of the Trinity. It's a posture that is demonstrated in the life of Jesus. And it's a posture that is taken up by his followers who pour out their lives for others. It stands at the very heart of our faith. Life and joy is found for those who give themselves away. A few days ago, after picking up my daughter Natalie from school, we made a stop at Kroger, the Kroger that has a Starbucks inside. And as I set out to gather what I needed, Natalie, of course, asked if she could borrow my credit card to purchase a drink from Starbucks. A special Friday treat is what she said with those big, beautiful eyes. And <laughs> so how could I resist, right? So I gave her my credit card. And and then moments later, she returns to me with this huge smile across her face. Daddy, I'm so happy. I have to tell you what I did, but don't be mad at me. It's like, okay. 
Well, when I was ordering my chai tea, I felt the Lord leading me to give the barista a big tip. So I gave her $20, and it made me feel so good. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll be proud to hear how your priest replied. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> you gave a Starbucks barista a $20 tip using my credit card? If you're going to be generous, be generous with your own money, not with my money. It's a great parenting moment. <laughs> oh, daddy, she said, no, I didn't use your credit card to tip her. I used some of my own birthday money. I gave her cash. And so as I wiped the egg off my face, <laughs> Natalie continued her, her joy-filled testimony. She said, and then the barista told me that she had been battling cancer. And that she had just come back from the doctor, and guess what? The cancer is gone. And that made me so happy to be able to give her that tip. And there, my friends, is the sermon for the day. <laughs> Natalie is getting a little taste of what it means to be Miss Happy, right? To steward what you've been given by God to be a blessing to those around you. It's the pathway to joy. And it's always available for you and for me. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that you are a God who gives of yourself, always pouring into each member of the Trinity, and that love and that joy pours out into our lives. And you invite us to participate in that through your Son, Jesus, and through following in his footsteps. Lord, help us to, to see Jesus as the one who lived with a posture of giving himself away for the good of the world, for the good of others, for the good of us. And may we adopt that same posture so that we may share in that same love, in that same life, in that same joy. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with your presence so that we may live this kind of joy-filled life. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>